Psalms 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage and the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Why do you always say Selah? Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. One of the people. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Amen. I wanted to spend just a moment reflecting on this passage, Isaiah or Psalm 46. Um, This was our reading this morning, one of the Psalms that we read as a community in our daily uh, devos. And uh, I, in the midst of, you know, the pandemic, coronavirus, uh, over 300,000 people worldwide uh, infected and the numbers rising in the U.S. and in Albuquerque. I know many of us are experiencing um, some fear, some anxiety, some stress as our rhythms are kind of dislodged and we are kind of into new ways of being and new ways of living. I know many of us are concerned about our older parents and I've just been praying with you uh, in regards to that and knowing that you're concerned. And I think we feel unanchored because um, we're kind of exposed as really not being in control. Something like this really shows us how quickly things can get out of control. And um, as I was reflecting on this and listening to different things throughout the week, different authors and reading, uh, the actually the suffering of Jesus has been a theme that I've really been uh, tuning into. That the suffering of Jesus is actually a huge piece of the good news of the gospel. The good news of Jesus is that he is not only our savior, but he is our co-sufferer. That he actually co-suffers with us, and that is how he saves us. And that co-suffering, that suffering as a human being, this, this foundational doctrine that we believe in called the incarnation, right? Uh, God become flesh, God become human, Jesus, fully human, 100% and fully divine, 100%. But his humanity, when he entered in 
to our human experience. He entered into it fully, and he still is fully engaged and experiencing our humanness. And that includes all that we experience, right? It includes uh, the pain that we feel, the physical pain, the emotional pain, the grief that just breaks our hearts, uh, the even the worry, although he does not worry, he experiences with us the anxiety that we experience and that we have. And so this idea of the incarnation is actually the foundation of the gospel of the good news that God himself, creator of heaven and earth, entered into our experience fully and joins us completely in that experience, fully emotionally with us, fully physically with us. He feels with us. He is with us in every sense imaginable. And so I, that's a comfort. And this is the, uh, the beauty of the gospel. Uh, even from, you know, here's the Bible, right? From cover to cover, I believe the theme is really, what I'm coming to see is that God is with us. In the very beginning, Genesis 1, right? God is walking in the garden with humanity. He is present with humanity in the garden. He creates the world so that we can be with him, commune with him, be in fellowship with God. And then at the end of scripture, Revelation 21, when all wrong things have been made right and Jesus returns and the kingdom of God is present, Revelation 21, it says, uh, heaven comes down to earth. It's like a reunion. And the very presence of God abides with men, right? Abides with humanity. We are once again united fully. But we are... Christ is with us even now in the time in between the times. Even in the Gospel of Matthew, um, it begins, chapter 1, what is Jesus called? He is called Emmanuel, right? God with us. Verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. So Jesus, God himself, enters into our story and takes on all the vulnerability, the weaknesses, everything, the pain, God with us. And then we know the gospel story unfolds and he is, he experiences, he walks in the dirt, he experiences hunger, he experiences temptation, he experiences fatigue, he experiences frustration, he experiences anger, he experiences loss and weeps at the tomb of his friend. He experiences fully the human experience. He's with us, God with us. And at the end of Matthew, the very end, chapter 28. I love how this is bookended, right? I just showed, we just looked at how the, the big meta narrative is bookended by God's presence, Emmanuel, God with us. The Gospel of Matthew, I think, is trying to make the same point. It begins with Jesus, Emmanuel. And then in verse 20 of chapter 28, after he gives the Great Commission, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And we love this part. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So God is with us in and through Jesus Christ. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about the transfiguration and we talked about how Moses and Elijah kind of fade away, right? And Jesus is, is revealed in all of his brilliance, in his full humanity and in his full glory. Um, and the disciples look up and see only Jesus. And so we talked about how do we, how, what does this do for us? We relate to the, we relate to God only through Jesus. We relate to one another through Jesus and the posture of Jesus. We relate to scripture, right? Through Jesus, as we read back through the lens of Jesus. So Psalm 46, here we are. All right. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So how is God present? How is God a refuge to us in the midst of coronavirus, in the midst of death, in the midst of stress? There might be other stressors that you're experiencing that have nothing to do with corona, that have nothing to do with running out of toilet paper, right? But what does it look like for God to be our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble? We need to read this. It looks like Jesus being with us, how Jesus is with us. And therefore, we don't need to fear. Um, listen to this. This is all about, this psalm is all about God's presence with us. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the most high, the holy habitation. He dwells with his people. This is the city of God, Jerusalem, Zion. Now we, he dwells in his church. He dwells with his people. We are his habitation. God is in the midst of her. So God is present and he's present like Jesus is present. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. The nations rage. Are the nations raging right now? Do the kingdoms seem like they're tottering? I mean, people are flipping out. We're being brought to our knees by some microscopic thing we can't even see. It's passed on through droplets. I never think of the word droplet again. Uh, droplets that can travel at least five feet, 11 inches and infect us and bring down the world, right? He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. How is the Lord of hosts with us? He's with us like Jesus. He's our fortress like Jesus. Come behold the works of the Lord. He's brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. How does he do that? How does he make wars to cease? He does it like Jesus. He does it from the cross. He does it as a co-sufferer. Be still. We have an opportunity to be still a little bit more during this virus as we're sequestered, as we're um, our regular, our meetings are kind of diminished. We have an opportunity to be still and know that I am God. We can hear this invitation from God and he will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And again, we're given this word of comfort. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress.
So Jesus is with us. And I want to argue that we read this psalm and we read scripture that Jesus is God is with us like Jesus is with us. And Jesus is with us as a co-suffering um, companion. He is with us as a co-suffering God. He's with us on the cross. He's with us experiencing our pain, experiencing our fear, experiencing all that we are experiencing. Uh, a theologian named uh, Jürgen Moltmann uh, says, when we feel pain, we participate in his pain. And when we grieve, we share his grief. That is God's grief. And listen to this. People who believe in the God who suffers with us recognize their suffering in God and God in their suffering. See, God experiences grief as we experience grief. And the grief we experience is the grief that God is indeed experiencing. He has fully entered into the human experience. He is our co-sufferer and he is with us intimately in everything that we experience. And this is good news because this is how God saves the world. He doesn't just snap his fingers and demolish coronavirus. There's many reasons for that, many of which I don't know, but how he saves the world, how he heals the world, how he saves us is he suffers with us. He co-suffers with us. He is entering into our experience fully. And this is how God is saving the world. This is how God saved the world from the cross. Um, so Christ assumed our humanness in order to redeem our humanness. And so the incarnation, actually God becoming creation in some sense, God becoming human, limited, finite, uh, flesh and blood, he actually redeems creation by becoming creation. He redeems creation by suffering with creation. The very reason we can be saved from death is that God in Christ fully entered into death, fully entered into suffering. Our only hope in suffering is that God himself entered into our suffering and Christ descended into death that he might lead us out of it. He enters death, experiences death, and then leads us out. He's the first fruits of resurrection. So our salvation is in the suffering of Jesus. And that suffering is not just in the past. It is here. He still suffers with us. There's an illustration. I don't know if you can see this, but this is a minute glass, all right, an hourglass. But um, Hans Urs Baltasar, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, he's a theologian, a smarter guy than me, but he talks about how the incarnation saves the world. And how this happens is it's like an hourglass. It's like a minute glass. There's two spheres. One is full and one is empty. Uh, and it's connected by a single point. Can you see that point? Someone can unmute and say, I can't see that if you can't see it. But um, 
These two spheres, one empty and one full, are connected at a single point. And at this point, the fullness of one sphere flows into the emptiness of the other sphere. And Jesus Christ is this single point. In his full humanity and in his full divinity, he bridges the gap between heaven and earth and all of heaven's love, all of heaven's healing flows through the single point of Jesus, God, with us. The sphere of divinity and the sphere of humanity is connected and the fullness of the kingdom is allowed to begin to fill up the emptiness of the world, the brokenness of the world, and to restore it. And it's through the single point of connection that our emptiness, our hurting, our pain begins to be healed. And so Jesus Christ stands here at the cross, right, uh, at the, the meeting point, and is our co-sufferer. He shares in our suffering. And as we are united with him in our suffering, his fullness flows into our emptiness. His healing flows into our woundedness. His forgiveness flows into our guiltiness. His all-accepting presence and love flows into our shame. His love fills up our fear and casts it out. This is why the incarnation and the co-suffering love of Jesus is so important. It's at this point, as we're united to Christ in our suffering and in our human experience and he to us, that we are healed, that we receive the inbreaking of the kingdom of God and that all creation is redeemed. And so there's one limitation to this illustration, right? This keeps on emptying out and I have to turn it over. But with God's love, with God's kingdom of healing, this is eternal. It, it never runs out. It keeps on filling up to overflowing the world, redeeming the world, restoring the world, making all things new. And this is what happens in Jesus, his incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us, filling up our humanity as he suffers with us and opens up the gate of heaven into our lives. His kingdom come, his will done on earth, in our bodies and in our spirits and in our experiences as it is in heaven. And so Jesus suffers with us. And so just to end this real quickly, because Jesus is united in our suffering and in our suffering, we are united with Jesus and we are receiving healing and forgiveness and restoration and love that casts out fear. We then, the way that we participate in God's work in the world during times like this, during suffering, is that we likewise enter into the suffering stories of our neighbors and of the people God brings into our spheres that we co-suffer, we become little co-sufferers, little Christs who come alongside people in their suffering and become a co-sufferer. And as we are united to Christ and Christ is united to us and his healing power, the kingdom love is flowing through us at that central point of Jesus, then 
as we unite and co-suffer with our neighbors, his love in that divine kingdom begins to break into their lives as well. And the world begins to be restored as we point people to Jesus. And so we can join one another and neighbor and suffer alongside them. And as we do, the healing love of Jesus and his kingdom flows through us. And so that's just the reflection I have as we are in these kind of unprecedented times. And as uh, in some way, uh, some more than others, we are unsettled. We are experiencing disorientation as much as we as Americans can and, and people, we, we are experiencing vulnerability. There is suffering. There is fear. Jesus is right there with us and he's with our neighbors and we can, um, experience Jesus in our suffering and experiences his healing. I think we're going to move into a time of prayer then for our neighbors and for our community and for our nation. Um, and this is just to remind us that this is Jesus, the God who is with us says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light.